ride again into the realms of the UK misty nights and castles for this next episode, sir. Are you ready for this? I am. I see that you have got the bloody candelabra to light the way. I've decked it out. I got the fog machine going in here. You know, we're, we're so doing That's how we do. What'd you say, sir? I'm sorry. I said, that's what's up. That's how we do. How are you doing? I'm probably, obviously, I'm great, man. I'm excited obviously. to be here. I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to do this. What's up with you? What's new? I'm excited to be here. I'm excited. What's new? I'll tell yeah. you what's new, man. How was malpractice? Malpractice was good. Had a great episode. Fun chat. Um, it's going to be re-airing again a couple of times. If you're listening right now and you missed it, get the Gimme Metal app. Tune in for the chat. Listen to all the other killer shit on there. Like Dave Mustaine's got a show on there. Like you get a lot of motherfuckers, big motherfuckers who have got shows on there, man. So yeah. definitely check it out. More importantly, you do. So that's what I want to highlight. I do. Listen it's, to you and Dave Mustaine any day of the week, to be completely honest with you. It's not even me kissing your ass. It's just a fact. And I appreciate that. I feel like Dave, I, maybe Dave's voice is a little bit more annoying than mine, I think. Definitely. Probably more annoying than both of us put together, if that's possible. It is, it is entirely possible. And if it is possible, it's fucking Mega Dave. Mega Dave. Like, Half the people listening just turn this shit off. They're like, they don't like Mega Dave? Well, like, Fuck Mega you, man. We would love it if Dave Mustaine came on the show. We're not saying that at all. Dave, you're welcome anytime. Mustaine or Elson, bring it. I don't give a fuck. Let's bring go. Both. We'll have Big Dave and Little Dave. Better yet, we'll get Big Dave on here and we'll ambush him. We'll bring Little Dave out and be yeah. like, guess who's joining us today? And then we'll probably get sued or some shit. We'd go viral, though. It's all that matters, yes. bro. We'd be That's huge on TikTok. That's all that matters. All you need is eyeballs, man. It doesn't matter how they get on you or what you do once they're there. What Gene Simmons says, just spell my name right, bitch. <laughs> and, he, and he would know. He would know. Oh. Are you excited to talk some old school death metal and horror movies today with our with our boy from the UK? I am, dude. I, so I am brand new to this to this gentleman and and his act, his band, his one man project. Um, hadn't gotten a chance to check it out until this morning, and holy shit, dude, this fucking rips i know do you think i was just inviting any old hack on the lifts and riffs show dude i mean i i always have faith in the in the folks that you bring on man but like i just i was not expecting to get uh to get waylaid quite like this on a on a tuesday morning it was severe i love i love that reaction it's huge though man it, it really is i have the i have the cassette here for everybody for everybody for everybody not watching I have. I just idea. ordered it. Just ordered it myself. Yeah. Very excited to to receive it. Yeah, this guy's name is Ryan Wills, and he is in solo death metal project Seven Doors, all focusing on old school, obscure, like foreign horror movies. The artwork is sick. Designed by Rotting Rain, who did a couple designs for us. That's just like a uh, that was a fun connection. I didn't realize till this morning. So. I'm stoked to talk to him. He's been really cool. He's been really, he's been really nice and eager to come on. And he's uh, somewhere in the UK that uh, we always have trouble scheduling. Settling down for dinner right now, I would assume. Having yeah. some, uh, having a couple of chip buddies. Let's see what he's having for dinner. I think, I think it's tea, crumpets, and eyeballs. If, if I like this. Right. This is a good. It's the dinner of champions. Dinner of champions. Ryan Wills. He's, he's connecting to audio. Connecting to audio. 
Maybe we're going to see a smiling face today. I hope maybe not. I don't know. Ryan, you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. There he is, man. What's there going he is. on? Hell yeah. We got the camera on. Thank you, man. What's up? Yeah, nothing much. You all good? Well, thanks for being we are, here. man. We are. Yeah. Nice. Man. I'm just turning my phone up. <laughs> there we go. Right on, man. Well, I'm Zach. I'm the guy that's been uh, bothering you to come on for the past month or so. And uh, this is my buddy and uh, genius, Schuler Benson. What's going on, man? Nice to meet you both. Right, man. So yeah. where, where are you at exactly in the, in the UK? Um, I'm right down the bottom, down the southwest in a place called Cornwall. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. yeah. What goes what, on in Cornwall? What's in the water there that's uh, contributing to your death metal madness? Nothing, really. <laughs> <laughs> There's just nothing Boredom, much to do. Perhaps? There's just nothing much else to do. So, yeah. I, um, so I, are you familiar with the, with the Bangers and Mosh podcast? Do you know those lads, those chaps? Nope. No, you guys are from, you're, you're all from England. How do you know each other? I, I would assume that uh, everybody there just knows it. No, I'm fucking with you, man. But <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that they have um, mentioned on, uh, they're cool dudes, by the way. You should definitely get on that podcast if you get a chance. Um, one of the things that they've continuously mentioned on social media is this abomination food called a chip buddy. Are you, are you, and you're familiar with this, yes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zach, are you, are you familiar with the chip buddy? No, no, I'm not. No? No. Let me tell you what it is, all right? And this, I'm going to put this in like American terms, just so, so there's no confusion here. It's French fries on a piece of bread. That's Let's it. Oh, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> but like you've got so so I like I became super fixated on this the other day and I was like like I gotta make myself some fucking chip buddies. And now that I like it's it's vegan, so that's not uh you know that's not an issue. I went out and I got my fucking fries and I went out and I got my fucking bread and I uh Tom from Celestial Sanctuary told me that he needed I needed to put brown sauce on it. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Apparently, the closest thing that we have to brown sauce in the States is A1. Yeah, so like, I went out and I got myself some A1, got myself some ketchup, and I came home and I ate my chip buddies. And, like, my body is still recovering. This has been, like, <laughs> since Friday. But I got to say, some of the most delicious shit I've ever had in my life. Are you, are you a fan of the chip buddy, Ryan? Yes, I am. I haven't had one in a very long time, though. <laughs> what, um... <laughs> So, well, speaking of very long time, I'm sure that that's the kind of thing that you can go out to a, a place that, that does take out or does pick up and get some, some chip buddies to bring back to the house. Um, what's your situation with lockdown right now? Are you out and about or what's, what's going um, on where you are? Well, most of the restrictions were lifted yesterday. So now, well, in some places you still got to wear masks, but others you don't it's not mandatory anymore so we're slowly getting back to normal that man we're we're moving in that direction ourselves hopefully not too fast for our own good oh yeah <laughs> so we now zach zach has been into seven doors for for a bit now i just got turned on to your record to your tape uh today dude 
we're having a fucking blast with this shit. Um, we would love to hear a little bit about your history just as a musician. Tell us a little bit about where the, the idea for the project came from. Um, one of the things that I'm super impressed with is just how full it sounds. And that's not, that's not to say that we don't typically get really excellent stuff from, from one-man projects, because we do. Um, but like, it just sounds like there's input from more than one person there, which I think is really impressive. Um, so tell us a little bit about the project, man. We'd love to hear it. Um, well, I mean, since, since the whole lockdown thing, um, my other band, uh, playing a black metal band called Deadwood Lake, um, we obviously hadn't been playing any shows. We haven't actually seen each other since December 2019, which was the last show that we played. Um, and I, you know, I just sat at home during lockdown and I was just writing a bunch of new stuff. I wanted to try something new. And at the time I was listening to a lot of like, you know, obviously death, yeah, old, old Gorguts, um, Aspects, and a UK band called uh, Live Burial. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know, I, I just started writing stuff that sounded a lot like all of those bands put together. <laughs> Is this like um, your first attempt at writing death metal? Since you were um, primarily in a black metal band before? Not really. I started to when, well, I attempted it when I was in college. That was okay. about nine years ago now, but that never went anywhere. So, yeah, since then, I haven't really bothered with death metal. What I was getting at, though, is it's really, really fucking excellent, man. Like, it's su it's super old school. It's super catchy, you know, you know, and it's all it's all you. So how did how does that work? You're just a natural genius that watches too many horror movies, I see. <laughs> well, if you want to put it that way, then why yeah. not? <laughs> Is there such a thing as too many horror movies? I don't I don't think so. And we're gonna we're definitely gonna come back to we, we want to talk more about Seven Doors, obviously, of course, but one of the things that uh, me and Zach were both super stoked about to get you on the podcast about is horror, man, because we are both huge horror fans um zach especially is big into a lot of the older cult stuff um and this that that has been one of like the the third legs of our tripod on this show in the past but like it's been a while since we've had anybody on who's who's really deep into horror and really who um has that that much of an influence um from horror on their on the music they create and the other things that they do um so we're really excited to talk to you about that man like what I assume that uh, for a lot of people, it's interesting, especially in death metal, to see which came first, whether it was the music or the horror. And so, like, what's your what's your history with horror and death metal, like together and apart, and what? What, well, like from the very beginning, or? <laughs> yeah, man, we got we got an hour to fill. We want to know the story, and that and that's one of the things that's cool about that is that you always end up like. The, the connections I think that we make with one certain album and one certain movie, like the stuff that you, these two things, these two different sort of artistic fronts, music and movies that, that come into your life at the same time and you end up sort of connecting those things in your head. Um, mm -hmm. Like for me, uh, Once Upon the Cross is, is forever connected to Devil's Advocate for me, that Keanu Reeves movie. Not necessarily uh, horror, but like 
I remember both of those things being in my orbit at the same time and just like they're they're linked in my head together. And so I love hearing stories about how those things came about for other people in bands, especially. Yeah, absolutely. Well, basically horror came first. Um, when, you know, when I was really, really little, um, you know, my, my parents would go out quite a lot and leave me with my oldest brother. And I remember, only vaguely remember him showing me the original Halloween when I was about five years old and that gave me fucking nightmares for months <laughs> and um, yeah then I you know kind of kind of didn't really bother with it for a few years until I got to high school and then you know I sort of revisited Halloween and you know night of the living dead and stuff like that all the old stuff that my brother used to show me and you know the that's where the obsession came from and yeah that's, <laughs> that's... i love anyone that wears this shit on the sleeve of the album as hard as you do just like right up front it's all the classics you got you got fulci you got like all, all that kind of stuff that's that's foreign to us being in america well i guess it's foreign to you since it's italian yeah. but uh you know, I'm a huge fan of, you know, Hammer Horror and all the stuff you guys in, in the UK do. So what what was that like growing up as a horror fan, like with that stuff in comparison to, like you said, Halloween and Night of the Living Dead that were uh, American horror? Did you look at that as kind of cooler or, or more obscure because it was from a different mysterious land? Well, not really. Like all the, you know, all the like American horror films, they were, you know, they were like really big in the UK as well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And, you know, like when I was, you know, growing up in secondary school and, you know, all the new stuff that was coming out, we had all those, you know, all the, all the remakes of the, you know, the classics, like the Halloween remake, the Friday sure. the 13th one and that fucking all, that fucking awful Nightmare on Elm Street remake. <laughs> and, yeah. That's yeah. Really bad. <laughs> And yeah, and then, you know, you get some pretty good new ones like Insidious and the Conjuring films that came out as well, you know, was getting really into them. But, you know, that's, yeah, it was all pretty big over here. The same with, you know, like going back a bit more is like the Scream movies as well. Yeah, yeah man. Those um, dude, I, I fucking love, I love the Scream franchise so much. I saw, I saw the first one in theaters. I think I was in like seventh grade. Um, and it would just, it felt like I was, I was only marginally exposed to horror at that point, but like, it very much felt like my generation's sort of classic horror thing, right? Like, yeah. I remember there being rumors about like caller ID, whether or not you could cheat that, like, it, it was just, it was crazy. And so, and because it was so self-referential, I think that that brought a lot of other people towards horror movies that they might not have found otherwise. Because you know they're they're one of the things that they're doing in Scream is watching Halloween, um, and so getting to sort of watch these characters take that same journey that you did, I think, is a a, a way to sort of attach yourself to to another movie. And that I am kind of curious. You've you've mentioned the the spate of remakes, some of which some of them I like. Like I liked the uh, the reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I loved the reboot of Evil Dead. Like it. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily think that they should have called it Evil Dead. Like, they could have called it something else and it would have still been good. But, like, 
I really love that shit, but I am curious to, to see what you think about Halloween. Like, I know it's not a reboot, but the movie that came out in 2018 and then these next two movies that they've got scheduled to come out, being that Halloween is sort of the beginning for you, how'd you feel about those? What'd you think? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like, like as, as soon as the, uh, you know, the most recent one came out, I, I, I dragged my partner over to see it and we loved it because she's really big into horror as well. Cool. So, you know, that kind of helps. But yeah, we went and saw it and we loved it. And, you know, really excited about the new one that's coming in a few months. Yeah, it was it was a blast. The the 2018 one, I thought, sort of really defied everybody's expectations because Halloween, Halloween has had some great sequels, but I feel like a lot of those sequels are sort of things that you that you really have to be a diehard fan of the franchise to appreciate yeah. as opposed to... The 2018 movie, I feel like anybody who likes horror or anybody who likes action or anybody who likes suspense could have walked in there and appreciated that movie. And like once they greenlit those two sequels, I remember getting so fucking excited. And then last year they're like, oh, we're going to postpone it due to COVID. I was like, fuck, I've been waiting so long. I cannot wait to see that new one, man. And then there's going to be another one after that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that. Even if they're bad, it's always fun to see Michael Myers kill people on the big screen. You know, I won't oh, be yeah. I won't be disappointed either way. But what, what got, I'm curious, what got you into like the uh, the full sheet and stuff like that? Because I see just behind you. I mean, you have all those uh, posters framed, and that's like the uh, main point on your on your artwork there. So obviously, you're you're a pretty big fan. When did that come into your to your realm? Um. Well, you know, I've always been a huge fan of like zombie movies. Yeah. And, you know, all the George Romero stuff, I fucking love it. They're, they're like my favorites. But getting into the Italian stuff, that started a couple of years ago. Because like, I'd always, you know, heard really, really good things about um, Zombie. Yeah. Or, um, you know, Zombie 2 or whatever it's called, wherever anyone's from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I, I checked that out. And, again, I fucking loved it. Um. It's one of the the best horror movies ever, for sure, man. Oh, definitely. And, um, yeah, then I looked up, you know, more of the films that Fulci did, and then I found his Gates of Hell trilogy. Mm -hmm. That's probably my second favorite trilogy in horror, you know, against, you know, George Romero's original Dead trilogy. But, yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much how I got into all the Italian stuff. That's yeah, man. That's pr- pretty typical, dude. That's that's pretty awesome. That that shit speaks heavily to me. Um, even the whole the whole aesthetic, you know, like it's just like those movies are like paintings come to life in like a weird like cosmic way. And I feel like that that shit specifically with the gore and everything that Romero didn't really do too much, a little bit, but not a, not like this. Really lends itself to connecting with uh, extreme music. Mm, definitely. So when. Since horror came first for you, when did the uh, death metal come into your to your life, and what uh, what were your main inspirations? Um, well, again, it was probably when I got into high school. I can't remember how old I was when I when I first heard death metal. I think I was probably about thirteen, mm-hmm. and um, and I bought a magazine called Terrorizer that had a compilation CD on it, and it was the first time I ever heard Cannibal Corpse. And it was Hammer Smash Face, and 
yeah, I, I first heard it with a friend of mine over his house, and you know, we we fucking loved it. <laughs> we thought, how the fuck can he play the drums that fast? And we were just <laughs> obsessed with blast beats ever since then. <laughs> so all of it, like everything about that song, because that is like the entryway into that kind of music for so many people. I think like everything about that song especially when you first hear it that's that's the thought like how is how are human beings doing this like yeah the vocals the drums the guitars especially when you're like 13 or whatever and just in your first band trying to learn like you know fucking blink 182 three chord songs and shit like that and then here's something like this comes along and you're like fuck me like why even try right mm. the one- yeah no, pr- pretty much did you start playing guitar then? Or how did you um, first instrument? I started playing guitar when I was about, well, not far off, about 11 or 12. That's it. Yeah, but, you know, like my my other brother got me into, you know, got me into metal, but it was, you know, the well, yeah, I started off really loving Slipknot. And I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I started to play guitar. I think Slipknot also opened a lot of doors into death metal for a lot of people who are really only more exposed to the more commercial shit, you know? Like, I remember seeing videos, or interviews, I'm sorry, where, like, Joey Jordison used to talk about fucking death metal drumming all the time. And so that, I I had already been exposed to some some death metal bands at that point. I actually, I actually saw, I saw Slipknot on the second stage at Ozfest in 1999. And I don't think, I think that there, so their self-titled album had either just come out or it was about to come out, but we weren't familiar with them yet. And like, I remember being over near the main stage for God Smack. Yeah. This was at like, this was the, uh, I think it was called the, the Starplex Amphitheater in Dallas, Texas. I think it was called the Starplex at that time. It might've been the Smirnoff, I, I'm not sure. Um, but we're over there fucking around and waiting on Godsmack to come on. And like, all of a sudden you hear this inhuman fucking racket coming from across the complex. And we go over there and it's like nine big dudes in fucking like jumpsuits and masks. And they had these hydraulic risers, uh, the two uh, that the additional percussionists were on. And it seriously looked like they were about to break the fucking stage. And it's so... It's so common now, like Slipknot is so ubiquitous in heavy music now that I feel, I mean, they're on the radio and stuff, you know, I feel like, I feel like it's, it's hard. I feel like it's easy at this point to forget like just how fucking crazy and extreme that shit was when it first came out, because especially if you don't know what you're getting into and you start listening to it and you're like, yeah, there's definitely a lot of the more like catchy elements of new metal that i think a lot of people who came onto that music with like corn could appreciate but at the same time like you talk about here in hammer smash face and being like i've been obsessed with fucking blasting ever since then like slipknot's new metal with fucking blast beats in it like there's double bass out the ass in there like that shit was crazy to me i absolutely loved it <laughs> same man like, when I heard Iowa, especially because I was, you know, a tad bit younger than Yashul. So, like, I was one of my first metal records I ever got exposed to. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is this is real. And seeing, like, the uh, 
the live videos like of them in London actually is like one of my favorite live shows ever. That disaster pieces 2001 thing. I didn't realize that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that level of heavy music could be played in an arena environment until I until I saw that and it's completely changed my outlook on all extreme metal. You know. So we're glad we're glad to sh share that experience with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I think I think it's a pretty common experience, you know. I think yeah. it, so because that shit was so visible. I think you know, like on MTV Two and Headbangers Ball and shit like that. And then like growing up where I grew up in the middle of nowhere with no bands coming through playing shows or anything like that. That was very much a formative experience for me. And I am curious that with you so like we've we've interviewed a number of dudes in the uk we're not super familiar obviously we're americans so like we uh, we don't know shit about other countries geography um but being down in cornwall like what's the live scene like there did you get to see a lot of live music growing up um obviously right now nothing's going on but like before the uh before the outbreak was there a lot of live music getting played there there are a lot of bands in your area what's the scene like in cornwall um it's pretty shit, to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Elaborate. Thank you for holding it down. You're doing a great job. Bro. <laughs> well, um, well, basically, there, there used to be, you know, quite a few good venues down in Cornwall, um, and you know, like a lot of a lot of friends of mine from Cornwall, they used to, you know, play in loads of like death metal bands and you know, loads of shit like that. But then they just pretty sure they've closed basically every venue in Cornwall now but um you know just just north from me about 25 minutes there's a city called Plymouth and you know they've they've got a few good venues that's where you know my other band play most of our shows and um yeah that's pretty much it you got to travel like you know at least 30 minutes to you know get to anything decent when you say uh, everything in Cornwall closed down, do you mean like specifically because of the pandemic or, or was it sort of a graveyard before then? No, it, it's, it's been pretty shit before that. Just, um, you know, I suppose just not enough people, you know, attending. Well, so what about the, sorry, go ahead, Zach. So no, man, I was just going to ask, where do you go to see shows then? Like where's the closest next city or whatever? Um, the, place called Plymouth yeah uh, okay all right gotcha yeah what about um so with with the live the live music scene is is not that uh lively in in Cornwall what about just like the musician scene like even if there aren't bands playing locally are there any other heavy heavy music bands that you're familiar with who are from around there is there anybody around there that you recommend to us that we should check out um yeah definitely um I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Um, <laughs> I mean, you we know, gotta I've, start I've sending known... out. We gotta start sending out like prep questions for shit like this because we always—it's such a dick move to like spring that <laughs> on somebody. And we're gonna do that to you again later with a couple of other things. But yeah, anything oh, from around Cornwall that just off the top of your head you feel like we should check <laughs> out or anybody should check out, or you can message well, us I mean, later and we'll we'll be sure to let people know about it. <laughs> but um, but now there's there was a load of. You know, quite a few bands that, you know, have broken up now that, you know, were around Cornwall. There was a band called um, Credit to Dementia. They were a mix of, like, you know, death metal and, like, 
Nevermore and you know that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and another band called Xenosis, which a good friend of mine was the guitarist in. They're like a, you know, pretentious proggy death metal band. <laughs> How do you mean? How do you mean? Like like uh, hard to play shit or like what? Yeah, yeah, basically like jazz, but with distortion and screaming. Okay. Pretty much. Nice. <laughs> but, I love how you describe um, that because your music is so not pretentious, and that's what I love about it. Just like the caveman, fucking old school horror death metals, the shit, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I used to try to play stuff like that because I was really into tech death when I was in college. I can't do that shit now. <laughs> It's crazy, man. Like, I listen to a lot of tech death, but, like, I'm not a musician by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I one of the things that I like to do with, um, especially after I get familiar with, like, a tech death record, like, for, for me, like, the, the top tier, like, the best one ever made is, is Spawn of Possessions in Curso. And so with that kind of musicianship, any chance that I get to watch, like, a YouTube playthrough of anything, whether it's fucking bass, drums, guitar, whatever... I love watching that shit and being just like, it gives me a whole new level of appreciation for it. But at the same time, I do, I do understand looking at that kind of music and being like, well, are you so preoccupied with being able to play it that you don't get a chance to feel it? You know what I mean? And so I think that with some of the more old school death metal, uh, specifically like what you're doing in Seven Doors, like that's, that's the kind of music that it's not incredibly technical, but it doesn't need to be, right? Because it's capturing an entirely different vibe. Um, so when you said at the beginning of the pandemic that you were by yourself, you know, you've got a black metal band, you wanted to try something different, you gave us some bands that had influenced you or whatever. What, um, which came first for you with Seven Doors? Was it, did you write the music first or did you look to horror for inspiration first? Or was it kind of a thing that happened together? Well, it pretty much happened together because, um... You know, like, you know, even though I was still working um, during the pandemic, uh, you know, I basically had no, well, you know, had no social life at that point. Right. You know, no one did. And, you know, I, in my in my free time, I was either, you know, playing guitar or watching horror films. And it basically, you know, I thought, do you know what would be a really fucking cool idea? A horror themed death metal band. <laughs> So that's basically where that came from. <laughs> it fits together so well. And um, especially like the, the, the sample stuff that's on there, I think is really cool. And one of the things ab about, you know, looking at samples specifically in death metal when they come from horror movies is if you're not familiar with where it's from, sort of trying to run that down. And I feel like that's easier to do now with the internet. It used to be really, really fucking hard. If you heard, like, uh, I'll back to Deicide again. I remember, like, hearing Once Upon the Cross for the first time and being like, where's this fucking coming from? Like, is this from a movie? Or do they actually have somebody, like, out in a storm fucking screaming at God or something trying to figure out? Yeah, it was just, it was, it was cool to me then. And it's cool to me now, even if the search for it is a little bit different. Um, it's clear that you are into some obscure stuff that you are digging deep um, with the with the horror that you're including there, in, influence wise, and and um, and like that you're sort of sharing imagery with, right? Uh, 
what do you earlier you know we've we've talked a lot about some of the bigger names in horror we talked about like the halloween franchise the scream franchise i think you mentioned the conjuring and insidious um if you're digging deep for the shit that you think that people aren't that familiar with if i tell you like man i need a recommendation for some fucking some under the table back room obscure shit would you have anything to recommend to me oh yeah <laughs> hit us with it dude um well one of my favorites is it's another one from italy it's um film called burial ground and um that's oh yeah that the first single that i released in seven doors the you know it was based on that movie uh, the nights of terror um, so yeah, there's that. Um, you know, there's obviously the, the Gates of Hell trilogy that the EP is based on. Um, actually, the Beyond—that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, so. I'm trying to have a look at what posters I've got. <laughs> oh, um, House by the Cemetery. Yeah, that I've seen. I'm familiar with that one. That movie fucking rules. Have you never seen mm -hmm. the Beyond, Shore? No, I've seen yeah, no, I've seen it beyond, but like they're the uh burial ground I'm not familiar with. Yeah, burial ground. Yeah, burial, burial ground's great. Um another one is um it's basically a mixture between like any zombie film and cannibal holocaust and that zombie holocaust. Yeah. Um, it's it's basically basically just a load of Italian ones and um, you know, another one called um Anthropophagus. Oh, uh, yeah, we know Anthro I know Anthropophagus. That shit fucking yeah. rules, man. Yeah, I remember um, the first time I watched that, it was it was, it was uncomfortable. It's, pretty, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty gross movie, man. And a pretty, like, the, the, the guts of that movie are, like, real. Like, it's, I, I don't know about the, like, I don't know about the creation of the movie, but I know that, like, that's the kind of shit where you look at it and you're like, how can this be fake when it looks so convincing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, that is my favorite song on this split that you just put out. Um, yeah, Anthropophagus. That is that song. Was uh, I, we have kind of a tradition that we work out to uh, the music of our uh, guests on this podcast. So I was going for a run to that shit earlier today, and that's just like relentlessly heavy chugging, just would just like power me through, man. I love that one. That one was my favorite. So did watching the movie go into that? with the way you how you wrote the riffs because i can kind of see it now with the <laughs> with the the guts and everything i never really put it together because i totally forgot that that movie fucking existed until like right now hmm. <coughs> uh, yeah no basically going into the split i was you know more influenced by you know like, well obviously i'd already done the you know the gates of hell themed EP, and I thought, you know, I want to do some, some, you know, some different films that aren't just primarily, you know, yeah. like themed on zombies. Yeah. And you know, like the stuff on the split was, you know, a lot more simple and more straightforward than the stuff on the EP. You know, like less like early Gorguts and more like like bands like Asphyx. Yeah, for sure, man. That yeah, that... definitely like Anthropophagus, like the. The riffs in that were you know, heavily influenced by the second Aspects album. Okay. Um, last one on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes that makes total sense, man. Well, who is, uh, in your opinion, the essential UK 
death metal band. Well, we've debated this bands that, a few times. I'd say probably bands that are still around. I'd say Benediction and oh, yeah. Celestial Sanctuary. But, you know, bands that are broken up, Bolt Thrower. Of course. Yeah, you got yeah. Bolt Thrower. <laughs> Bolt Thrower fucking rules. Um, cancer. I'm a big Cancer fan. I think Cancer, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be at Maryland Death Fest, um, which I just got tickets to uh next may and that's really sick huh you got your tickets yes i did and, all right uh, man i'm there let's go yeah it's uh <laughs> if i i hope you got an open credit card because it is not fucking cheap <laughs> i'm trying to get it on on for you know getting backstage with the podcast bro that's what we're gonna yeah I mean, well hey man if they want to reimburse me i'm more than happy yeah. to fucking uh, you know yeah. i will take money for that we'll but take 600 answer, for the merchandise please for a shoulders ticket hook us up mdf um that cancer's comeback album shadow gripped i thought was fucking awesome are you a big are you a big cancer fan ryan um not hugely into cancer but you know i have listened to them i have seen them live once as well but um yeah other than the early stuff i haven't really given i love much time (laughs) <laughs> I love the I love that old thrash feeling on the uh, on the early stuff, but then some of the newer stuff that they're doing, I feel like they're really leaning into just sort of that old school death metal sound, like the, the way that we sort of characterize it retroactively, right? Because I think that when those when those songs were being written and that music was being made at the time, they didn't really have that kind of blueprint to go to, and so it's interesting to see you know newer versions of older bands, whether it be like Cancer or whether it be like you know, Benediction, who's, who's sort of returned to some of the earlier sound that they were doing, um, Memoriam, uh, which is sort of carrying the torch for Bolt Thrower, to see them sort of look back and, and call back on some of those, those earlier influences and the earlier um, examples of that style and sort of bring that up to date into the current time. Um, definitely a lot of old school flavor like that on Seven Doors. Now, I, I like I said, I'd heard um gates of hell i did not know that there was a split as well um what's is is that new is that out yet or what yeah um i can't remember when we when we put it out um early june we put it out okay yeah is that is there a physical version of that uh no it's um you can download like my three songs on bandcamp for free and the full splits on youtube with uh, the Gates of Hell, one of the things that I that we think is pretty cool about that, we love Redefining Darkness. We love Thomas from Redefining Darkness. How did you get in touch with him about the cassette version of this? Um, well, I just brought out the EP digitally on Bandcamp, and um, he got in touch with me um, oh. on Instagram, pretty much the same way you guys did. And um, yeah, that's it just pretty much went from there. And you know, then we put out the cassette version of it, and we added the um, bonus track of the first single that I released as well. Yeah, yeah. Are are there any plans um, to maybe get the split on tape or on wax that you know of? Um, I haven't really spoken about it with the other guys, so yeah, not at the moment. So how much, like, are you sitting on any more material right now? Is there sort of a future trajectory for Seven Doors planned? Like, what uh, what can you talk about? What's coming up? Well, 
instrumentally, the album's finished. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> I'm waiting on a couple of um, couple of guest musicians, which I'm not gonna not gonna go into just yet. Um, and then I've just got to sort out the lyrics and you know record the vocals, and then it should be out early to mid next year, hopefully. Awesome, man. Is there any, um, do you have any sort of plans with that release for like a physical version or is there, is that something you can't talk about yet or we don't want to, we don't want to put you in a position where you ruin any of the surprises because we love the surprises. <laughs> well, you know, obviously uh, with, with any release, you know, that I've always got, you know, plans to, you know, release it physically, but how I'm going to go about that yet, that remains to be seen. So do you feel like, um, are you going to put together a live group for to do some shows for Seven Doors, you think? Um, I have thought about it, but I don't know how I'd go about it because I'm not really very good at playing guitar and doing vocals at the same time. <laughs> Unless it's, you know, black metal just playing straight chords because that's just fucking yeah. easy. But, you know, I don't Get know. It. Get it, get another get a guitar player, man. Just get up there with the mic and do your thing. That would fucking rule. Uh, now, are you with the uh, the drums on the record? Did you program those, or are you playing drums? I'm not. Uh, yeah, forgive me for not knowing. Okay, they program. sound great. You, you can still you can like never tell unless they're yeah. un unless like like Casket Slime or somebody is trying to to take that sound, or Fluids or a band like that is sort of trying to take that sound and push it over the top. But um, the the uh, the drum, the program drums sounds so natural at this point that it's it's hard to tell the difference, which I think is pretty tight. And uh, you know, I I feel like once again that's I wanted to ask about that with this because it does feel like Doors has like influence from multiple people. Like a lot of times, I think if you if you're listening to like a one person project, you can sort of tell that it's all one person, right? Um, but I feel like you, it, it, it seems like it's being approached by different people. Like you've got a drummer who's bringing something different to the table than the person who's playing guitar and vice versa. Yeah, well, you know, I've, even through college, I, I also play drums as well. So, oh, wow. you know, and through like listening to, you know, listening to so much stuff, I, I'd study all the instruments, basically. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and like, I put that into my programming as well. You know, I try to make it sound as, as natural as possible. You know, like I've, I've got a friend who, you know, he, he records and like mixes like my other band stuff. And, you know, he's giving me some tips on, you know, how to make it sound more natural and, you know, that into seven doors as well. Did you? Great, man. It really, it really does come through well, especially on, on the cassette, man. It's like has that old school feel, but it doesn't like sound like shit. Like you got a good balance between like modern and like that like raw old school feels. Was that? I, I hope that was intentional because that that comes through very well. Oh yeah, <laughs> cool man. Thank you. Did you did you record all of the the Seven Doors stuff yourself at home, or is is that yeah? Yeah. Do you have like a, do you have a full setup there that you like you've had for a while or did you have to sort of make do with what you could get during lockdown? What's, uh, are you, are you? Um, it's basically stuff that I've had for a while. Like I do it, you know, I record guitars and, you know, bass and vocals directly into my, um, 
my Line 6 audio interface. And, you know, I've got myself a microphone as well. So it's pretty cool, really. <laughs> do you have like a do you have like a vocals closet or do you just fucking scream that shit out there you and i like i always wonder with home recording whether or not when people are doing like death metal vocals or like black metal shrieks or whatever if they got fucking neighbors who are getting woken up or kids screaming or whatever <laughs> well i haven't pissed anyone off yet nice so um so you're, yeah. just be- you're just beginning though you have an entire career ahead of you uh to disturb the neighbors yeah i know i've I've recently moved into um moved into a new place and it's pretty small and i'm a little bit nervous about recording vocals for the album because i don't know how that's going to go down (laughs) that'll be um yeah that'll add that'll add a little bit of extra atmosphere to it we'll be able to sort of feel the fear in your voice of like them calling (laughs) the fucking cops (laughs) yeah yeah maybe That'll be great to put in the album notes too. Like, got charged with the disturbing the piece while recording vocals for this. Oh, that would make me buy it. <laughs> well, I'll definitely let you know if it happens. Doing, man? <laughs> yeah, keep us updated, man. We uh, we want we want to know. This is a uh, it was a great find, and leave leave it to our boy Tommy from Redefining Darkness to seek out the best shit in the underground realms of the internet, man. We're uh, this was this is one of my favorite death metal releases of the year for sure. Thank you. Absolutely loving it so far. Very much looking forward to the full length, man. I'm stoked to know that you got the whole thing recorded. Hope that the the vocals aren't, uh, I hope that the vocals go well, but I hope that it not in a way that like lands you in trouble with your neighbors or with like the constabulary or whatever the fuck it is that you've got uh, (laughs) keeping the law and order present over there. But we, as we, as we wind down the conversation, man, we got, uh, we got a pretty big question that we like to ask all of our guests towards the end of the show. And this is one of those ones where we put you on the spot and it's a rough question. It's a hard question, but it's usually a very rewarding conversation. Zach, bring this gentleman to the light. Ryan, it's been a pleasure talking with you today, sir. Thank you for joining us. But we have to ask you the most essential question we ask everybody on this podcast. No pressure for you from being from England or anything like that, but uh, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Now, you see, this is going to piss a lot of people off. Uh-oh. Good. Let's go. I'm not really a Black Sabbath fan. That's cool. Oh, <laughs> my heart hurt. I'm not pissed. I'm sad. Yeah, yeah, we're not <laughs> we feel bad for you. We're not mad at you. Yeah, but if you're okay, so if you're not really a Black Sabbath fan, are you at all familiar with their material other than like Iron Man or anything like that? I much only know the mainstream songs. Yeah, if you if you had to pick one song, I don't know. Maybe we should go in the opposite direction with this, Zach. Maybe instead of saying like, "What do you like about it?" Yeah. What What Black Sabbath song do you hate? out of those mainstream ones that you know? Oh, Paranoid. You hate Paranoid? <laughs> it's just so overplayed. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that is the problem with anything from the album Paranoid, but... Yeah, so, well, I, well, you know, I, I, love, I love the background story to that song, how it was just sort of like an afterthought that came together out of nowhere, and then they ended up, you know, it ended up being a huge, hugely successful part of it. Like, I... 
I've been listening to Black Sabbath like all my life. My dad got me into it when I was a kid. And incidentally, Paranoid has the one of the Black Sabbath songs that I just really dislike. And it's Iron Man. Like I fucking know that you're not supposed to hate on Iron Man. I know you're not supposed to hate on Black Sabbath. But like if I never heard Iron Man again, I would be fine. If, you know... Ryan, we love you, man, and we we want to we want to heal you with the power of heavy metal. So maybe if we recommended some obscure Black Sabbath stuff that you might not know, would you attempt to listen to it and give us give us your feedback on it? Yeah, I'm always open to it. All right, we have we might have a little bit of homework to do. Sure, we might have. To yeah, let's 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 put a list together and then maybe maybe bring our boy to the light. Because I feel like if you're only familiar with the mainstream stuff, that tells me that you're probably only familiar with the Aussie stuff. And there's so much other shit that's got so much other vibes going on. I feel yeah. like we got to hook you up, man. So we're like going to put a, yes, we're going to put a playlist together and get back with you, dude. That's what we do, man. And if you hate it, don't feel, feel free to tell us you hate it and fuck off, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, thanks, man. Uh, this is this has been great. We look forward to uh, hearing from you and keeping updated with all that Seven Doors does, bro. So, Thank uh, you so yeah. much, man. Have a good one. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, we know it's yeah, late there. Me. Thank you, bro. Cheers. Cheers, man. What a good dude. Nice dude, man. It's they can't not everybody's gonna like sabbath we embrace the sabbath lovers and the haters or the sabbath indifferent people alike for sure still like the dude still like his shit uh super nice guy man i i am really like i feel like a lot of the um I get a whole lot of death metal promos and I, I have a whole lot of people sort of feeding me recommendations pretty often. This yeah. one managed to slip under my radar up this day. Um, and since I had the episode of malpractice earlier, I didn't get to do my run yet. So I'm about to load up fucking seven doors and oh, go baby. out and uh, crush a few miles in the DC streets while I listen to some horror themed old school death metal. I did it this morning and you will not be disappointed. Make sure you crank the split though. For sure. I was, yeah, I dude, I didn't even know about that. Like I as we were sitting here talking, like I was looking at metal uh metal archives on his page and it says there's like two other releases other than yeah um the uh, uh, other than Gates of Hell that, that came out or are coming out in 2021. It's like god damn, how much fucking material is this dude sitting on? And then we find out he's got a whole other record recorded. See that? He's and, and he's humble too, you know. He like didn't even care. He acted like it's no big deal. I just make all this awesome death metal music myself with no help and like whatever. Like fuck you for asking me. I like that attitude. We love the humble dudes. We yeah. love the shit that they make. We love death metal. We love horror. I love you, bro. I love you. And I love all of you listening to us babble, dude. Thank you for, I guess I should, I should add this since we don't have like any real sponsors, we have fake ones and anything like that. Yeah. We have, uh, through our host anchor.com. I added a link onto the end of every one of these episodes. If you really love us and you want to support this podcast, just click that link. That's all you click need to the do. Link. Let support the podcast we will bring you more killer shit from killer people we got a bunch of cool stuff on the horizon please stick around help us out if you can yeah that's all we love you thanks man we'll talk thanks to talk you too again. brother we will talk soon right on <laughs>